The first week we started a series, this superhero series, correct? First week we talked about David and Goliath. We talked about how you've got to have three crucial words as a superhero. And those three crucial words are, I got it. And we have to add those to our vocabulary because just like David did, David looked in the face of his brothers. He looked at King Saul and Goliath and he said, man, I got it. I'm going to take you out. Was not discouraged, believed wholeheartedly that he was going to be able to defeat Goliath. So David got it and went after it. Then week two, we talked about Queen Esther. For all you female superhero lovers. All right, and Esther, see, she had to overcome the who me question. Like, are you serious? Do you really want me to put my life on the line to go ahead and approach the king? Because you know I can die. But because of her willingness, because of her strength that came from God, because she fasted and prayed, she went to the king, and the king granted every wish for her in the Jewish race. And because of her, the Jewish people and her life was spared. The king granted her every wish. So lastly, this week, closing out our series, it's entitled, It's Not About Me. Can everyone say, It's Not About Me? All right. True heroes understand the importance of others. They understand placing their life on the line for the sake of someone else. Sacrificing their life so some others might live. I got a quick video that we're going to show. I love seeing things click in my son's head. It's taken the better part of the last nine years to master the art of catching this elusive microscopic moment. The instant he realized where hamburgers and his little sister came from have been among the most enjoyable. Third grade has taught Hudson a lot about the roots of our country. So when a business trip sent me to DC recently, I thought it was the perfect opportunity for a father-son trip and for me to watch all the little dots connect in his head about what he'd been learning in school. We saw where the very first president lived. We came all the way out here for this. And we saw where the president lives today. son taught me what he'd learned in school about the men who framed our country. And I taught my son about the men and women who are still shaping our country today. And that's why the legislative branch is broken into two different sections. Yeah, but why do they argue so much? We walked in the footsteps of countless men and women who stood up for their rights. And we sat at the feet of the great emancipator, who to this day still sits vigilant over all of our rights. He's a lot bigger in person. Uh-huh. I've been looking for those clicks, those aha moments. But my son surprised me. He had it all pretty well figured out but we still had one place left to visit. What are these, Dad? 
These are our heroes, son. What kind of heroes? These are the heroes that made possible everything you and I saw today. These are American heroes, son. Is that a hero, Dad? Click. Yeah, that's a hero. Can we go get pizza now? Those moments never last as long as a father would like. And today I pray that the families of these fallen can somehow feel the goodness of God amidst their loss. Come on, Dad, I've been waiting forever. Okay, let's go. It is because of the sacrifices of our heroes that I have the freedom to experience moments like this. So to all the men, women, and families of those who served in the armed forces, thank you for your sacrifice. You will never be forgotten. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father God, we thank you so much. Lord God, all that you've done for us, Father. I pray, Lord God, for what we're about to hear, Father God, from you, that you just open up our eyes, ears, and hearts so we might understand something different, Father God, this morning. Lord, a challenge that we can all leave this place to change and transform the communities we live in and our families that we are attached to. Lord, strengthen us this morning in your precious name. Amen. Amen. You see, we've talked the past two weeks about superheroes. Superman, Spider-Man. Superman's got the awesome superpower of flying. Spider-Man shoots these webs, able to climb walls and buildings and swing from building to building because of these really cool webs that shoot from his wrist. You see, we talked about super, these superpowers and all these superheroes, but sometimes we forget we all can become a superhero. There's this superpower that we have all, and these military soldiers, no matter what branch of service that they're involved with, heroes are those who sacrifice their one life. You see, you and I are able to gather here this morning because of those men, like the video has shown. You and I are able to talk freely about God. We're freely to own a home. We're freely to go about our daily business. We're free to pick and choose what jobs we'd like to try to apply for, all because of our heroes that founded our country. You see, we take that for granted. We take that for granted. And for us to be a real true superhero for God, God has called us to do the same. Sacrifice our life. Put our life on the line, just like our military men and women do on a daily basis. No matter what it's cost, they will do it for your freedom. They never even met you, but they do it. You see, God has called us to place our life on the line so other people can be free. You know, salvation is not just for you and I. God did not send Jesus just for those who attend this church. God sent Jesus for every person that would ever walk and breathe in this world. And it's our job, our job to get the word out. You know, someone told you one day, it's time to return the favor to somebody else. So at this time, I don't know if we have any veterans or retired or uh, reserved or even active military in here. Can we just have them stand? If you have served any branch of this armed forces, just stand. 
And can we just show our appreciation and our love for these young men and women? You see, we thank you. We thank you very much because it's your guys' hard work. No matter what you've done in the military, but you're helping support this government. You're helping support this country so that we can do what we're doing today. So that we can actually be here. Like I say, guys, we are here to be free of our religion. There might be a day, and there will be a day. You know, the word tells us that there will be a day. You're not going to be free to do this anymore. No matter what's at stake, you're just not going to be able to do it anymore. And it's like, if we don't get the point that we need to be like the military, we need to be like the military and give up our lives to go after people for God. If we don't catch that point now, when that moment arises, if you're here on this earth, would you really be able to sacrifice your life for God? And that's where we're going with this this morning. You see, this one very powerful thing is so hard to do. To lay your life down for the sake of someone else hearing the gospel. For the sake of God being glorified through that act of sacrifice. Can everyone say sacrifice? See, so what is sacrifice? Webster's dictionary says this. Destruction or surrender of something for the sake of something else. Destruction or surrender. So what I'm calling you guys to do, what God has called us to do, is to really destroy our flesh. Destroy our flesh. Destroy our mind, the way we think, our flesh wants to do. And surrender it to God and do what God wants you to do. Place yourself where God wants you to go. You see, we need to thank God for all these heroes that have served because not only in the military, but what about Christians all across the world that have martyred for God, that have given up their life because they refuse, they refuse to denounce God as their Savior. See, God has called us to be heroes, church, so others can enjoy the freedom that God gave you, so others can get to heaven and enjoy all of his splendor. Man, what a day that's going to be. It's going to be amazing. Our minds can't fathom what heaven's going to be like. Wouldn't you want your unsaved family members to be there with you? Wouldn't you want your coworkers? Wouldn't you want everybody you come in contact with to be able to have the opportunity to enjoy that with you? You see, but this is something hard for us to understand. It's getting over the fact that it's not about me. Aren't we selfish individuals? Don't we like what we like? Don't we like to make our money? And don't we like to spend it the way we want to spend it? Don't we like to pick the jobs that we apply for? Don't we really enjoy what we like to do? And we will put that at the top of the list of things to do every day. Whatever it might be, it might be watching your favorite TV show. Whatever it is. But we become very selfish and we put everything else on the back burner because we want to see and do what we want to do. You see... I love double stuff Oreos. I don't know, I, I gotta be truthful. It's only been like three or four years that like I discovered this. This is amazing to me. Some of you guys are like, we got problems. No, you don't understand. Double stuff Oreos are like the best dessert anyone could ever give me. But as silly as an illustration an Oreo cookie might be, that's how silly to God we are when we say, when the offering plate goes by, man, but that's my lunch money. I can't give that. You know, that's money I have placed aside for lunch this week when I work. 
You see, it's just as silly as when we decide to put our money where to further our own selfish desires instead of furthering the kingdom of God. Or he thinks it's pretty silly that you don't want to give up a 30-minute TV show or an hour TV show to spend some quality time with God, to pray, to read the Bible. He thinks it's silly that you don't want to wake up 10 minutes early just so that you can just pray. You see, God thinks it's silly because what God is saying to us is, do you understand how much I love you? Do you truly understand? Don't you remember the scripture, John three sixteen, that I gave you my son? I sacrificed the very thing that was very important to me because of you. And you don't want to give up 10 minutes of your time. You see, sacrificing for God is very difficult because we are selfish people. We are selfish people. We've got to understand and come to grips that it's not about me. It's not about me. My life was not given to me so that I can go ahead, make the most money that I can, so I can drive the sweetest car, so I could build my own house, my dream house. That's not why I was given breath. That's not why you were given breath. We were given breath for one purpose, and that's to bring glory to God. Are we sacrificing our life so that people see God through us? As superheroes for God, as heroes for God, we need to sacrifice our life. We need to put our life on the line and say, you know what? It's not about me. It's not about how many friends I have in school. It's not about my career. It's not even about my family, as weird that might sound. It's really just about God. Because if you put God first and you go after God, your family will be safe. God will take care of your family. You see, church, God is calling us to do something crazy. But we got to understand, it's not about me. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's not about you. How does that feel? When you're told it's not about you, how does that feel? Is that a little like, ooh, really? It's not about me? (laughs) Do you understand who I am? But in reality, it's not. And we're going to talk about one man in the Bible, briefly, that understood sacrifice that understood that his life was not about him. His life was totally and ultimately for God. And his name is Abraham. Abraham, we're going to pick up in Genesis chapter 12, if you have your Bibles. We're just going to read verses 1 and 4. In verse 1, it says this. The Lord had said to Abram, remember Abraham before God changed his name from Abram to Abraham. So the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. You see, Abraham had to sacrifice his family. That is a huge move. Now today, man, when your kids get older, they're going to move out of your house. They'll move out of your community. They might move to another state. That's very common today. Back then, families stayed together. Families stayed together. You got married and you stayed with your family. You traveled with your family. You moved with your family. You did everything with your family. You supported your entire family. See, now, Abraham 
was with his entire family. And God had told him, it's time to move out. Go from where you're at. Go from where you're comfortable and go to a land that Abraham never stepped foot into. Talk about uneasiness. Talk about, are you sure, God? Do you really want me to go out here and do this? You know, but the crazy thing about Abraham, verse 4 says, so Abram went. Didn't say days passed. It didn't say Abraham had to pray about it. He heard from God and he did it. He picked up his family, his wife, and all of his brother. And they picked up and they moved from one countryside to the next. All because God told them to. He sacrificed. He didn't go back and say, God, can you just wait? Now is not the right time. There's a birthday party planned in two weeks. Can we just wait till after that? My dad's 125th birthday party or something like that. He didn't do any of that. He didn't say, well, can we just wait because... So-and-so's not feeling too good. They don't know how long. No, man, he picked up his family and went. That is amazing. Talk about sacrifice. Talk about just saying, okay, God, mm-hmm. You see, Abraham knew what it meant. It's not about him. It's not even about his family. He went out and did it. And we read Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 3. And this is where Abraham is tested by God about his son Isaac. It says this in verse 1. It says, Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, Take your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain, I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up, loaded his donkey, took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. So Abraham not only sacrificed his entire family, the entire comfort zone that he was in, all of his surroundings. He sacrificed all that. Now God's telling him to sacrifice his only son. And what does verse 3 say? Early the next morning, Abraham got up, loaded up, and moved out. He didn't say, God, are you serious? My only son? The one you promised to me? The one you gave us miraculously? Remember Isaac? Isaac was promised to Abraham. Remember Abraham and Sarah? And Sarah was told that she was going to have a baby. And she's like, yeah, right. She laughed. Remember that? Because they were old age, 80s. And she just laughed at Abraham. Abraham knew Isaac was a miracle at this point. A miracle that Sarah even conceived. A miracle that Sarah even gave birth and was still alive. Abraham knew that. And he still never went to God and said, God, but this is my only son. This is my prized possession. Isn't there something else I can do? Can I do something else? But it says, early the next morning, Abraham got up, loaded his donkey, took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac, and moved on up the mountainside. See, Abraham knew what sacrifice was all about. Crazy, wild, but man, powerful, powerful. See, he understood it's not about me. And see, Even in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 19 says this. Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead. Abraham, knowing in his heart, Isaac was a promise. Isaac was a miracle. If he laid his boy down on that altar, and if he had to sacrifice him for God, he did it knowingly that God could raise the dead. 
Talk about faith. Talk about believing a God. Talk about just laying it all out there and saying, you know what, God? Hey, you do the impossible. You raise the dead. So you know what? I'll give you back my son, Isaac. It wasn't mine to begin with. And then we see the story. He takes his son, takes him on top of the mountain, prepares the altar, binds up Isaac, places Isaac on the altar, and then he draws his knife. And as he goes to kill his son, an angel of the Lord comes out and stops him. Sometimes I ask, like, God, why did you have to go so far? Why couldn't you have just stopped Abraham when they got up to the top of the mountain before they even bound Isaac? Why? You saw he went after it. Like, why, God? Why did you have to wait for Isaac to be laying there, bound up, no way to get out, and for him to see this knife come from his father? Why did you have to go so far? I think what really God was trying to teach Abraham was to see if Abraham really, really, really was willing to sacrifice his one prized possession, his son Isaac. And I think that's why he allowed him to go so far. Because he realized how important Isaac was to him. You see, I believe God wanted Abraham to understand what it meant. See, everyone, can you all say it's not about me? Faith, so strong, did whatever it took to please God. Are you doing whatever it takes to please God? Are you sacrificing? Are you willing to sacrifice a reputation, a job, some sleep, finances, friendships, maybe even relationships, material possessions, all for the sake of God? All for the sake of being able to be equipped to tell others about Jesus. Put your life on the line so others might enjoy the freedom from their sins as well. You see, I know I said it's my silly illustration, but you know it was pretty fun enjoying a cookie with someone else who enjoyed it just as much. Why do we go through life just doing what we like to do and keeping stuff to ourselves? when we can really be going after the things that God wants us to go after so that they can enjoy. You know, isn't there freedom in Christ? Don't you guys experience a freedom? It's so awesome to me to be able to turn on the TV and when I watch, if if I watch the news, stock market goes down, all this other stuff. It's so easy to me, free to me. All right, just another day. Because, man, we don't, Put all of our emphasis on that. We can't. Because if you do, you'll end up like the world. And you'll find yourself old, rotten, later on in years, questioning why. God has so much for you in your life. But he wants to see, are you willing to sacrifice it all for him? Are you willing to give up everything that you so much desire? For the sake of others to enjoy what you have. That's hard. It's hard. But just like Abraham had to get out of his comfort zone, his comfort area, and do what God has called him to do, and then to give up his only son, that's stinking amazing. All right? Talk about faith. Talk about being able to believe that, man, no matter what happens, God's going to raise him from the dead. I believe it. It's just crazy. 
But man, our God wants to do crazy things with you. He wants you to sacrifice all that you have. And I guarantee, church, when you come to that point of saying, God, take it, you'll start to realize you don't stress out about much anymore. There's going to be times you do stress, but man, it's not going to be like it used to be. You're going to realize that God takes care of your situation. Yeah, you might lose a job, but you know what? Tomorrow's a brighter day. God's going to give you something even better. A better paying job. Who knows? You see, and obviously when we talk about sacrifice, we'd be wrong if we don't talk about Jesus. And, you know, I've got to be honest, church. It has been very hard for me to prepare this sermon and get it written out because it's a hard message to preach. It's a hard message to believe because we have to understand it's not about us. And that's the scary thing. And the way Jesus did it in Matthew 26, and we're going to read verses 36 through 44, you know this is the night that Jesus was going to be betrayed. He's in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he says this from reading from verse 36. It says, Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. He said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him. He began to be sorrowful and troubled. He said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. He returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for just one hour? He asked Peter, verse 41, Watch and pray, so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. So he went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it's not possible for this cup to be taken away, unless I drink it, may your will be done. Verse 43 says, When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So verse 44, he left them again one more time and prayed, saying the exact same thing. You see, sometimes our spirit is willing to, Yeah, sure, I'll pray for 10 minutes. But our flesh is so weak. We start praying and then we start thinking, oh, what about, what do I got to do today? And you start praying and then you start thinking, all right, after I get done with this, I'm going to make myself some breakfast, you know, and what am I going to eat for breakfast? And we get so wrapped up in our life because our flesh is so weak. We have to get strong in our spirit to destroy our flesh. You see, Jesus knew what it meant to sacrifice. You guys know that Jesus was in heaven before he came down to earth. He had to be willing to listen to God the Father and say, sure, I'll go down to earth. Why on earth would he come down here? He's enjoying God. He's enjoying heaven. He's enjoying everything at his fingertips. And he's got to come down to this world. So he gave up all that. And not only that, like it would have been cool if I was Jesus. I was like, God, sure, I'll go down to earth. No problem. I'll tell people about you. No problem. But man, he had to do that knowing he was going to have to die. Knowing that it wasn't just he was going to die of old age. He was going to be crucified. Talk about sacrifice. Giving up everything to save, even if it was just one person. To save you and I. To save this world. Jesus knew what it cost. And he prayed the prayer 
but not my will, but your be done, Father. Is that your prayer here this morning? That God, you know what? Whatever it is, it is. I'm going to do your will. I want your will to happen in my life. I want your will to be done. I don't want me to chase dreams that are just going to fall apart one day. Dreams that are going to turn into nightmares. I don't want any of that. I want to go after what you want me to do. I want to be who you want me to be. God's got awesome plans for your guys' lives. He's got awesome plans for this church. And it's calling us to sacrifice, man. Put it on the line for God. Put it on the line. God's got so much to offer to you. Life our way is is not easy. We're selfish. It's time to give it up. It's time to say, you know what? It's not about me. It's not about me, and it's about our Father in heaven. It's about other people to enjoy the freedom we have in Christ. See, so I challenge you guys this morning. It's time to die to yourself and your selfish ways and allow God to totally use you. Don't make any more excuses. Just go after God. And you'll watch. You'll watch things happen in your life. You'll watch people be healed. You'll watch your own family be turned around for God. But it's going to take you sacrifice. I'm going to read a letter. How many of you guys got your pennies with you this morning? Did you guys all get a penny as you walked in? Can I have one of the ushers just grab me the bucket with pennies that's in the back and just bring it up forward if you can? On that penny... We have, what, president? Abraham Lincoln, good job. And for extra credit, do you know what president he was? What number? Hey, look at that. You all get A's. So here we go. We got Abraham Lincoln. He writes this letter to Miss Lydia Bixby. On November 21st, 1864, it says this. I have been shown in the files of the War Department a statement from the General of Massachusetts that you are the mother of five sons who have died Gloriously on the field of battle. I feel how weak and fruitless must be any words of mine which should attempt to beguile you from the grief of a loss so overwhelming. But I cannot refrain from tendering to you the consolation that may be found and the thanks of the republic they died to save. I pray that our Heavenly Father may assuage the anguish of your bereavement and leave you only the cherished memory of the loved and lost and the solemn pride that must be yours to have laid so costly a sacrifice upon the altar of freedom. This lady had to sacrifice her five boys. The five boys sacrificed their life to save the republic. Abraham Lincoln knew words was not going to really do anything for her, but just send sympathy to her. These five young men gave up their life for freedom that we are enjoying today. Jesus, over 2,000 years ago, gave up his life so that you and I can be free to get to heaven. It's not just for you. It's for your family. It's for your friends. It's for your community. It's for everybody you come in contact with. It's for them. Are you doing your part to let them know? Are you sacrificing everything, even the hurts, to say, you know what, I'm going to put it on the line because I want to see so-and-so saved. I don't care what the cost I want to see so-and-so come to know who Jesus is. What are you going to do about it? Father God, I thank you for this morning. Lord, I just pray right now, Father God. Lord, as we have heard from you, Father God, that we need to sacrifice our life. It's not about us. 
It's not about us, Father God. I pray, God, that there is a strength and a boldness that rises up throughout this church. Lord, a boldness to say, you know what? I'm going to give up my life for the sake of others knowing you. So, Father God, I pray that this morning, all these young people who are sitting in the pews, Father God, every person, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would tug on their heart. Tug on their heart and say, it's time to sacrifice. It's time to put it all out there. It's time to give up your ways. Father God, I pray that, Lord God, that they will answer the call to go after what you've called them to do. Lord, Father God, be with them. Give them the strength to do so, God, that they might see others get saved. Or maybe this morning it might be an act of they want to surrender their life for the first time. Say, God, I need you. Lord, I pray that you have give them an encounter like never before. Be with us here this morning, Father God. I just pray, God, that today would be a turning point in the lives of every woman and man in this building, Father God. Be a turning point that they say, you know what? I want to give it all. I want to give it all, Father God. Lord, I just pray for a boldness. And I pray, God, that they would start to rally around them, people who are going after the same cause. Father God, I pray for the testimonies. I just, I thank you for the testimonies of people being drawn closer to them because they're doing what you've called them to do. Lord, I thank you for the testimonies of people who are, who are going to be getting saved, Father God, and lives being transformed all because of these young men, these young women, Father God, have said, man, I'm going to put my life on the line for you. Father God, help them to do crazy things. Help them to see the impossible happen right in front of their eyes. Be with us here, Father God. We thank you, Lord, for visiting with us. We pray, God, that you would bless the rest of our schedule today. In your precious and holy name, And the church said, amen, amen. God bless you guys.